Hi, everybody. Welcome here. You're all very welcome to this meditation meeting for world service um, from the Lucis Trust in New York. Lovely to see some new faces here for me anyway, and um, at the meeting, and a very warm welcome to all of you who are tuning into this meeting online. Um, it's a beautiful thing that now we have this online, so we really are physically connected to a group of people all over the planet. For those of us whose imagination is guided by the wisdom teachings, this work at the time of the full moon reflects a deep will to be useful to the working out of the plan and to contribute to the construction of the Antikarana bridge between humanity, that hierarchy of rishis and saints, and the central spiritual sun, the essential potency of divinity. This work is about a will that's imbued with love. Love for the human, and particularly love for the process of ripening and maturing and developing that is always occurring in the human kingdom and in all the kingdoms of nature. And so we do this work with a will to contribute to humanity's path of becoming the world disciple to that important initiation that marks the birthing of the Christ in the human heart. The keynotes given by the Tibetan for the Virgo energies pouring into the minds and hearts of the millions of billions of human beings, or I should say the millions of human beings who are actively treading a spiritual path today, is captured in the phrase, I am the mother and the child, I God, I matter am. It's a keynote that directs our experience to an important stage in the development of a fully embodied self-awareness, an awareness that sees incarnation as a place of becoming whole, where the dualities of spirit and matter come to be understood as both necessary and interdependent aspects in the worlds of time and space both with their role to play. And it's worth noting that this follows on from last month's full moon of Leo, when the keynote was almost otherworldly. I am that, and that am I. The contrast between the Leo and the Virgo keynotes is striking. It moves away from the divided self of this and that, here and there, to focus on here and now, on this place of incarnation, focusing all our attention on the incarnated self and viewing this self as providing the perfect environment, the space and the time and the substance needed for higher and lower aspects of self to engage, to recognize themselves as two aspects of one whole. And in the process, to be born into a new life, a Christ in the making. Following the birth of the Christ in the human heart, a whole new drama begins as spiritual purpose can then begin to shape and direct the individual life lived and the life experienced. The worlds of mutability, fluidity, and constant change transform into a world 
where the soul becomes a fixed and permanent part of identity, bringing with it a sense of responsibility and moral direction, which is sometimes a source of irritation, conflict, and crisis, and yet it is a presence. Whereas before the birth and before the first initiation, the soul was an embryonic potential. After the birth initiation, the soul is a factor in the life. And the crises, conflicts, and struggles of development are now all about the long process, lifetimes of process, of the soul taking control of life and all events and coming fully into incarnation. Virgo is an earth sign. And when we look for the evolutionary potential which Virgo brings to humanity, we need to look onto the face of the earth, focusing, less, focusing our minds less on the starry heavens and more on these worlds of time and space and history. Virgo invites us to ponder the material world in which we're incarnated and to learn through experience that this is a place where the divine self is becoming present. Not just in our own lives and the lives of individuals, but in some mysterious way in the life of the entire human kingdom. As the divine self becomes a presence in the world, it lifts and transforms the material world. And one of the delights of working this month with the full moon in Virgo is that it gives us a perspective on the world of incarnation, of personality, and even of separation and separateness as being the world of the universal mother, pregnant with child and with future possibilities providing a warm, nourishing nesting place where the inner Christ, the soul, which for countless generations has been a hidden mystic Christ, hidden from the prying eyes of an increasingly materially focused mental and astral consciousness, where this hidden mystic Christ has begun to take shape and embryonic character within the womb, and is now almost ready to push itself out into the world of time and space so that it can grow and become a robust and willful factor in human affairs. This view of the world of incarnation, of personality and separation as the world of the universal mother pregnant with child and future possibilities approaching the moment of birth, this view has the power to heal and transform that enduring myth which has portrayed the worlds of the incarnated personality as not just unpleasant, but as somehow even repulsive and sinful and just plain bad and wrong. So let's... Part of this work, of the full moon work, is ritual. And as part of the ritual in these talks, let's together, all of us, pause for a moment of absolute silence 
before we sound together the noontime recollection. And as we link in silence, we can imagine ourselves as one poised group mind, a group mind that exists in the whole of the human, the human species, absorbed in the energetic essence of the thought, I am the mother and the child, I God, I matter am. And in this silence, we can dedicate that thought to the process of transformation constantly underway in the universal human. We know, O Lord, of life and love about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So one of the characteristics of our work together in Virgo is that in the light of this sign or the constellations and energies informing this sign, it's natural and right for us to stand fully with humanity. Or rather, to be clear about what this means, to stand fully with hierarchy as it works in and with and through the darkness and moisture and silence of the consciousness of soul immersed within the depths of matter. The incarnated soul takes all the time that's needed for its embryonic presence to begin to find itself in this place of time and space, to grow its organs and muscles so that it can be ready to emerge as a presence in the consciousness of a personality. And so in Virgo, we observe the collective world of time and space and matter and personality as if it were a womb and a place where all the nutrients needed for the growing embryo of the Christ child are available. The world we know today has grown out of a history rooted in industrialization, colonial empires, competition. Yet through the history that has produced this world, a new consciousness of freedom with its respect for the integrity of every single human being and for human rights and responsibilities has been steadily growing and has burst out into world events from time to time. With the defeat of the principles of separation at the heart of the Axis powers during the Second World War, the formation of the United Nations with its goals of becoming a center for harmonizing the actions of nations in solving international social and economic problems and in encouraging respect for human rights and fundamental freedoms. In the hugely significant Universal Declaration for Human Rights that's become a core part of the UN's identity, 
and quite outstandingly in the defeat of separation as a guiding principle at the heart of law and governance with the ending of the apartheid regime in South Africa. And so it is that while forces of competition and separation continue to be the dominant forces at the heart of governance, science, and technology, new seeds of a universal consciousness have been developing in the womb of time and space. The thinking and the culture of the new group of world service now exists as a well-developed embryo, symbolically the Tibetan suggests to us in its eighth month. And much of what we see in the world reflects this embryonic consciousness preparing to push itself out of the womb so that it can take center stage and be a presence in the emergence of a reoriented, reborn humanity. So many of the tensions and crises of outer world events today can be understood as reflecting the preparations for the inevitable trauma of birth. Yet in focusing on the outer stresses and divisions in society, we too often miss the deeper reorientation of thought and desire that is being nurtured and prepared for. For within the consciousness of the heart of the new group of world servers, often hidden and unnoticed by those who are focused entirely on measurable material gains and sustainable development and poverty alleviation, at the heart of the new group, seeds of mythical imagination, intuition, and an instinctive sense of the sacred have been quietly developing. Beyond the prying eyes of the materially focused, ideas of wholeness, sacredness, and a reverence for life have been steadily growing in their influence so that they are now at a stage where they have the life and the substance and the energy needed, the intelligence needed, to push their way out into the professions, institutions, and powers conditioning not just spirituality, religion, and academia, but also science, medicine, technology, and economics. We can sometimes forget when we're reading Alice Bailey books that DK wrote about humanity entering into the eighth month of the gestation of the Christ child. He wrote about this during the years between 1939 and 1942. That's a long time ago. Since that time, there have been many gener several generations and many momentous events affecting the people of the world. When the mother is eight months pregnant, the baby's moving around inside the womb independently, even if rather restricted by the enclosed environment. The eyes are closed when the baby's sleeping and open when awake. Most of the body organs, except for the lungs, are developed. The electrical impulses in the brain are firing. The development of the brain proceeds rapidly during the eighth month and the baby will be getting into the position it needs to be in for birth. This is often a hugely uncomfortable time for the mother in her pregnancy, as the woman here will know, uh, or some of you, um, because the yet-to-be-born baby is so strongly present. 
So perhaps we can assume that we are as a kingdom in nature, well into this eighth month of gestation, such a long time ago that Tibetan wrote about this, perhaps even in the early stages of the ninth month, that whatever our understanding of the womb of time with its cycles and historical periods, it does seem clear that both mother and child are today firmly present in human consciousness. The mother's pains and discomfort of the later period of pregnancy are clearly a part of this current period. And while the final birthing of the child may well be imminent, it's worth noting that the figurative child to be born is still not expected, not anticipated by large numbers of people. The dream of future possibilities has not yet reached into anything like the popular imagination. Beyond small segments of thinkers and religious believers, there seems little sense of the possibility that a new culture and a new civilization is in process of being born and about to push its way into the world. When a new birth is imminent, it's accompanied always by a sense of expectancy and hope, as well as a sense that a new life is coming into the world and that things are going to change. There is, of course, also an accompanying sense of the dangers and the unexpected possibilities that always surround an anticipated birth. But we're in a time right now when the sense of danger and doom seems to loom largest in the collective imagination of the future and to outweigh the sense of possibilities for something new and exciting and different from anything known before. That sense of danger will certainly be present just behind me here on the, in the UN, on the UN campus during the high-level week of the UN in Virgo, which takes place in Virgo this year. But there it will also be accompanied by a strong sense of future possibilities. Later in September, on Monday, September the 18th, the event that's of most significance from a Virgo perspective on this year's high-level week, it's a two-day summit on the SDGs, begins with the goal to reignite a sense of hope, optimism, and enthusiasm for the 2030 agenda. When we think that Virgo directs our attention to the changes to take place on the face of the earth, it's difficult to imagine, for me at least, it's difficult to imagine any vision more well-established in the realities of today's world that offers a potential for a transformation of every area of human relationships. It's difficult to imagine any such vision other than the UN Sustainable Development Goals. While we can debate aspects of the goals, they reflect the only real vision of future possibilities that has taken a substantial hold of the human imagination in a way that reaches deeply into all levels of human affairs and that offers endless possibilities for transformation. This is a vision that's already having a lasting impact in local, national and regional governments, that's inspiring thinkers and key workers in every profession, in religious and faith-based organizations, and amongst huge numbers of organized goodwill movements. It is, of course, also inspiring opposition. 
some of this opposition inspired by high ideals, and others, not surprisingly, drawing on more material and national ambitions and feeling threatened by the universal vision of the goals. It seems important in this full moon work for us to support both the outer movements working often but not always through the UN, as well as and alongside those pioneering members of the new group of world servers who are focusing attention on a more spirit-centered view of future possibilities. Movements like the Inner Development Goals, for example, are now playing a significant role in the global conversation around the SDGs. And this will be reflected in the International Inner Development Goals Summit that will be taking place in Stockholm in October. There's much to ponder in the Tibetan's perspective on the role of the three zodiacal crosses in esoteric astrology, the mutable cross, the fixed cross, and the cardinal cross. For they tell the story of the path of a soul's development through the round of incarnations, just as they tell the story of the soul or the Christ's incarnation in and through the entire human kingdom, the human species. Virgo is one of the four arms of the mutable cross. It's a cross that's also known as the cross of the hidden Christ or the cross of the Holy Spirit. The four signs, the four arms of the mutable cross, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces, are of particular interest because they condition and lay out the evolutionary path for the vast numbers of people whose lives are really essentially about the strictly human stages, building up and integrating personality vehicles in preparation for a great turning of the wheel when they will become aspirants on a discipleship path of responsibility and service and immersed in a process where life is about the relationship between soul and personality with all the dynamics involved in that relationship. The mutable cross, we're told, is the conditioning influence in that great planetary center, which we call the human. The Tibetan writes that the four energies of the cross work together to produce that constant flux and periodic change in time and space, which provides a field of adequate experience for the unfoldment of the Christ's life and consciousness. Now, we're certainly, there's no doubt about it, in a time of constant change and movement. This is a time of intense mutability with a painfully noticeable absence of stability, order, and structure. While it can be upsetting and apparently chaotic, it's also not difficult to see that in all the intensity of the final period leading up to the birth, a psychological and historical environment of uncertainty and openness to dangers as well as possibilities is a necessary part of the intensity of the period immediately preceding birth. The Christ life and consciousness is gaining strength and identity through all this uncertainty as the minds of countless people of goodwill are forced to think for themselves about the values and principles that they want to incarnate and bring into the world. 
Each of us must do that ourselves. This intensity of thought can be seen now at work in institutions, systems, communities, nations, and peoples. Mutability is needed for the heart of materialism to be broken and to allow consciousness to undergo a radical reorientation to the spirit of synthesis and to the new sense of the sacred that that spirit brings. Merriam-Webster's dictionary speaks of mutability in terms of a capability to change or be changed as immutable laws and a capability or a liability to mutate as an immutable gene or mutable valves. The mutable cross is the cross of the personality, precedes the fixed cross of discipleship, the cross of the soul. And it, excuse me, it highlights the contrast between the fluidity of change with the fixedness that's provided from a purposeful treading of a path. And we're reminded of this in the 12th year of the life of Jesus in the Bible, in the Christian Bible, when he made the decision to begin his work as the Christ, stating simply that now I must be about my father's business. Our work in these meditations is to recognize and to train our eyes to see the potential for transformation that the energies flowing through the sun and any sign bring to humanity. And by seeing this potential and holding it in the light, a group of thinkers working together with a formula like the letting in the light meditation that we'll be using can help to anchor this potential in the collective mind of humanity and make the thought of this potential, therefore, more human, more accessible to thinkers within the new group of world servants. As we reflect on the significance of the mutable cross, we need to remind ourselves that it is as if the energies and potencies of all four signs of the cross are especially available at this time. So Virgo brings with it the opportunity to bring the form, the etheric, physical, the emotional, the lower mind, brain elements of the personality, to bring this form under the influence of the hidden Christ and to recognize that the Christ needs the mother in order to become anchored in substance and that the mother, the substance, needs the Christ in order for evolution to occur and develop and new forms to develop with new possibilities for, for the future. As this recognition begins to emerge out of the depths of the unconscious, it affects the way life is experienced. The desire for personality satisfaction begins to change and the desire for interior recognition recognition of the indwelling Christ begins to assume increasing control until the inner spiritual reality is eventually released from the thraldom of matter and becomes manifest in its own true nature in the world. And at the same time, 
as this is happening, Virgo brings with it the energies of the other arms of the mutable cross. A Sagittarian opportunity to develop one-pointedness. A Piscean opportunity to transform a mediumistic awareness of the sacred into something more clear, sensitive, and sensitive to higher impressions that can then be wisely interpreted and understood. And through the influences of Gemini, opportunities to fuse and unite the dualities of time and timelessness, sacred and profane. And so when we think of humanity as it is today, our humanity, the place where we live, all of our relationships, this whole huge human community. And we think of humanity as it is today in the light of Virgo and of the mutable cross. We can have this picture of a humanity pregnant with the opportunities of moving from a consciousness dominated by the forces of matter and materialism into an era which will be dominated by a more conscious relationship between soul and personality. Not an easy era, not a simply idealistic, magnificent era, but a place where soul is a stronger factor in the relationship and where the will of the soul is present alongside the sustaining will of the personality that natural instinctive will to life. The mutable cross prepares us, prepares humanity for our momentous transition as a species to become the world disciple. And so this, this work with this beautiful timeless meditation outline has been used for so many generations of us in this work, with the keynote, I'm the mother and the child. I God, I matter am. We'll meditate together for around 20 minutes. Remember those of us in the room and those of us who are working with this meditation together online. The keynote for our approach to the hierarchy. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded by the issues to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light. And lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. 
behind the twat warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Repulsion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet. The planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. And then we extend that line of light towards Shambhala, the will of God is in
the higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energy streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. And endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay. Meditation. <clears throat> Reflect on the seed thought for Virgo. I am the mother and the child. I, God, I matter am.
precipitation. Visualize energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan is manifesting. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as a sequence of energy precipitation flowing from Shambhala through hierarchy to its center in the Christ, through the group of world servers, through the multitude of people of goodwill everywhere in the world, and the innumerable and countless physical centers of distribution. The lower interlude. We focus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. And together we sound the affirmation in the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. And consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation has sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, radiating the consciousness of the entire human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center, where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, friends. Thank you for that work. And we can try to hold the um, hold that alignment and hold that note of pure alignment through to the actual time of the full moon, which is at um, nine thirty-five p.m. Eastern Time for those of us in the Americas and Eastern Time and the North and South. And 
in your own local time, wherever you are. Just a brief reminder about the meetings coming up for Lisa's Trust, um, which, all of which will be um, broadcast available on Zoom. There will be a meeting for the new moon on September the 14th, Thursday the 14th. Um, and the next full moon is the Libra full moon on September the 29th. Um, the full moon, sorry, the meeting will be on September the 28th, and the full moon is on the 29th at around nearly 6 a.m., 5.57 a.m. in the morning. Not too bad a time. So thank you, friends, very, very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.